everybody, and welcome back to the Triforce Podcast. Yay! Today, we're on the road once again. That's right. I'm in Bristol. Lewis is in Bristol. Empyrean Flax is in... Home! My home. Home. He's in home. <laughs> so we're kind of sort of like a third on the road, and everyone else is where they're meant to be sort of thing. It's but a, anyway. Yeah, it's an honorary on the There's road. a bit of light drilling going on in the background. It just, yeah, that. it's just a typical Friday thing that happens around here, I think. Just yeah. a bit of drilling. So recording on Friday because it's it was a bit busy yesterday. We've mm-hmm. been busy all week actually, haven't we? Mm. And also your internet's been up and down. P-fax, yeah. Oh gosh. Has been up and down. <laughs> you know. You it. know. We've been we've been busy. We've done a lot. I've done a lot in the last week actually. We went to EGX. Whoa. How, how the was weekend. that? How was that? It was it was okay. Yeah. Yeah. It was a good a good event. It's good to meet everyone as usual. You meet different people. Sometimes some of the, some of the people are the same too. Some of the same people I've met before, but it always feels like they fit into certain categories. I don't want to say this is a as a bad thing, but you know, <laughs> it, it, although I ninety. 90- 8% of the people I meet are people I've never met before. I kind of feel like I have met them in some way because they're all... Smelly? Interested in the same thing. They have the same common interests. You know, they're wearing common... They all smell the same. No, they Smelly. all smell great. They all have they the all same They all smell dad. fantastic. I like to group fantastic. them into four categories. Stinky, ugly, stinky and ugly, and other. Spotty. <laughs> I like to put them into the category stinky... <laughs> Smelly, stupid, <laughs> and even more stupid than the other ones. <laughs> no, that is not true. Our fans are universally cool, funny, like pretty bright, recluses, sparkling. Very, no, y- none of them are. Okay, none of them are really that. If they that, were reclusive, that, they wouldn't be at EGX. No, right? but that's they? the thing, though. That's like a you know they force themselves out to meet Lewis. They want to meet him so bad. No one does like, that. You know what? No one. I don't normally leave my house, but to meet this guy, I'm going to do it. I think you have to. Yeah, the, the kind of people who want want, want to meet me. Yeah, they want to. <laughs> They want to. They want to just like bask in the essence, so that they that they themselves can be more like Lewis. Like they they feel like if they're around him, so this is why be you like keep him. heading down to Bristol, Sid. That's, yeah, that's it. Yeah, you just want to be around him. Yeah. When I met Lewis for the first time, uh, I just I was just shaking his hand and looking at him. There's like a glow coming off him, and I was just like, oh, it is just such an honor to meet you, sir. It is such an honor and a I privilege. Know. I was the first time I met him. I was like, I never. I've never spoken face-to-face with an eight-year-old Lebanese child before. And this, to me, is... <laughs> this, to me, is a thrilling experience, and I'm enjoying this a lot. And Just because actually... I'm about four inches shorter than both of you, or maybe even more, actually, maybe sort of five or six, doesn't mean that I'm a child. Okay. And also, I, I think it was like... I think it was like... Doesn't I, it, Lewis? I no. imagine you meeting me is more like meeting the Pope or the Dalai Lama or something like that, some sort of figurehead. Wow, you you're know, pretty full of yourself. Benevolently, Jeez. palms open. I imagine for you meeting me, it's like the first time a woman set eyes on Fabio. <laughs> and, you know, I get that. I look in the mirror and I think to myself... Holy crap. I, I like the way Fabio was your go-to <laughs> heartthrob. Like, it's still for me. I'm thinking heartthrob, heartthrob. Uh, yeah, do you think Fabio uh, is Fabio. still like... He's, he's like the uh, like the steamy romance novel hero, isn't he, Fabio? Is I, it, I don't know 50s, who you mean dude. as in... Do you mean Fabio the, the from the He's footballer? 57. Google him, No, man. Fabio the model. He's 57. Yeah. Fabio. Like Fabio. Fabio is such a name of a, a Lothario or a sexy cat exactly. isn't it? Yeah. Exactly. Oh, wow. I didn't know this. He was in a syndicated TV series, its name was Acapulco Heat. Oh, <laughs> I bet you that was a sexy that one. That sounds like a steamy romance novel. That, that sounds sexy. It's like, it's like it girl does. porn, isn't it? Girls but best love of to all, this was a real 80s thing. Heat, well, this was 90s actually. Heat was um, an acronym. Right. So it was H.E.A.T. Hemisphere Emergency Action Team. Hemisphere. Wow. It sounds like a backronym, doesn't it? It sounds yeah. like they came up with oh, it. Yeah. They wanted to, to use the word heat and yeah. they just tried to like crowbar any words that made sense as a yeah backronym. That's, I like that. Oh, here that. you go. A group of top secret agents based in Acapulco, Mexico, and recruited by C5, a secret government coalition, Whoa. to fight terrorism and international crime. The team kept a low profile. This is brilliant. 
by acting as models and photographers. Wow, because they're famous for having a low profile, aren't they? Enterprise. Nice, I love the, yeah, I like the crossover. I like how Led I like it. Led by Ashley Hunter Coddington, played by Catherine Oxenberg. Wait, who did and Fabio play himself? Claudio Devanti. Oh, oh yeah. Claudio. Nice. The owner Fanti. of the hotel where the team had its headquarters. Mm. Mm. Well, they should make a steamy, steamy book about that I as well. I think both Claudio and Fabio are names that used to be sexy, but now the men have kind of got a bit old. So uh, yep. that, that names go in cycles, right? You know, you can you can think of old ladies' names that are like Peg and Dot. Yeah. You know, there was a time when those women were the hottest women in the world. Okay. Yeah. So there'll be a time when we consider, I guess, names now like what what, what names are hot now? Like Rachel, well, Jessica. Well, like they're getting old as well. They're like Rachel, all Jessica, millennial right? names, the hot names now. So like Tashe and things like that. You right. Know? Like. Shanene. Shanene, like names that aren't names. Yeah. Just, it's just like garble that somebody came up with. Garble. To, yeah. Mm, Greta Garble. Yeah. She's so a. Joseph she's a Garbles. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, Civ uh, 6 has uh, been out and consuming most of our time this week. Yep, yep. It's pretty good so far. You haven't played it, have you? Sipsy. No, I didn't get a key. I, I guess I'm not like on the list. Duncan so. hasn't either, so you're not right. alone, honestly. Okay. And, and he actually like is a bit miffed at that more more so than you are. I think. Yeah, I mean, I would like to try it out, but like, I'm, I'm not like you know, I've got other things to do. For instance, uh, my my wife's been summoned to jury duty, so oh, this, really? this is something that happened to me this week. Yeah, so we got a letter through, and my wife, and we're like, "What's this is from? It looks like really official or whatever." So she opens it up. It's like, "We need you to." Um, Serve jury duty from nine to five, Monday to Friday, like of some big fucking case. And I'm wow. sitting there crapping my pants like, who's going to look after these kids when, while this is happening? Like, oh, my God. I don't give a shit about justice. I'm not looking after two kids for like nine to five, Monday to Friday. <laughs> then they're not just two kids. They're know, your two kids. That makes it I mean, even still, worse. Though, they're like, it's hard sometimes. Yeah. So, so anyway, so we, we we contacted them and we're like, you know, um. You know, what what are the the exemption criteria? And they're like, oh, are are you full time mother? She's like, yeah. She's like, yeah. You don't have to do it. Okay, great. <laughs> Sweet. Yeah, it's pretty good. Eh? So um, so yeah. So she got out of it, but um, but it was a close. It was a tight script. Oh, I thought we were gonna have to Stop like playing video games. Uh, yeah, it was Ooh. like I was looking at a week of no video games there oh, for a minute, God. and that was stressing me out a bit. That's that's hell. That's hell. Oh, because well, you'd have to stay at home and look after yeah. kids. Oh, yeah. I see. Because normally it's hard to play video games when you look after you know, full time mum. She doesn't get enough credit, really. And just no. Well, full time mums don't. Full time. That's just like zero time dad, isn't it? It's like full time video games dad. Yeah. Yeah. I don't get enough credit either. But yeah, like sometimes, <laughs> sometimes when they say like, "What's your occupation?" She's like, um, uh, "Stay at home mum." She's like, "Oh, you just stay at home as a mum." And and it's that just that's so cutting, oh, yeah. and you're like, "Oh." God, I have to go to the bathroom now. You guys carry on. I'll uh, I'll be back in like an hour or whatever. Just cry my eyes I, out. I give people a ton of shit when they do That's that because I mean, obviously, when when I say, "What do you do?" I say, "I'm a stay-at-home dad." I get the same the same conversation, which is, "Oh, you just look after the kids." That's it. Oh, that's pretty sweet. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. Okay, come here, my friend, because I'm going to put your head through this window. Fuck you. Yeah. yeah. Where's your contribution to society, P Flex? My kids why are my you, contribution. Why aren't, you, why aren't you stacking shelves or why aren't you, like, <laughs> exactly. um, you know, saving the world? Because his kids by, are going to do it in a few years' time. Some yeah. Meaning fucking office job. He's not, you know? he's not doing it. He's going to send two people that he made himself out into the world yep. to do it. Forum. I'm making consumers here. I think that honestly, that's way more important. You know what else I'm doing? I'm making kids that aren't assholes. How about you try doing that? How about you try making people that aren't assholes? Society. You're making the world at least three less have less ass, three less assholes in it. And do you know what? Am I one of the assholes? You know what they say though. <laughs> the, ap- the apple, the, the apple, or in my case, the apples <laughs> don't fall far from the tree. And my kids are both assholes, just like me. So. <laughs> And I'm proud of them. Yeah. I'm, I'm proud. I'm proud uh, of myself right, and I'm kid. proud of them too. You, you tell that kid to go fuck himself. Yeah. Good job. Don't take any <laughs> shit from nobody. Yeah. I don't know if that's I don't know if that's my definition of an asshole. I think a lot of the assholes I meet, you know, don't tell people to go fuck themselves. They're just assholes. Yeah. Assholes in other ways. Just mostly people who who think that looking after kids full time is is just looking after yeah. kids. I think most of the arseholes I meet are people who refer to me as an eight-year-old Japanese <laughs> child. Or, yeah. uh, I that only, sounds like I a pretty asshole thing that. to say. I didn't contribute. I just laughed. I just thought <laughs> it was too. funny. But it, through, through laughing, you are contributing. It's like when people mask swearing. The intent is still there, so it's still kind of swearing, isn't it? You know? Like when you go, say... Go F yourself. Yeah, go F yourself. Well... 
the you know the the aggression and the intent is still there, but you're just you're just censoring well, a word. I so. always think that that basically the whole thing about that is it's like when you say the n word. Yeah. Okay, when I say the n word, everyone in their head hears the word. Well, hang on a second. Noodles. Roll, roll back a minute. Do you do you freely use the n word? I never saying? use no. I never use the actual n word, but I do sometimes say the n word. Oh, like you say the n word, yeah, but you don't actually use inverted commas. The actual n word space n space yeah, yeah. w. But I guess the thing yeah. is, if it's coming up and you're like you're, you're thinking of you're thinking along those lines, so already Think you're about going it this to help. way. It, let's say you had an argument with a black guy in a pub, right. and you said you called him. You said you fucking n word, and you said n word like you right, literally said it. You N-word. fucking n word. Like right. you didn't actually say the n word. Yeah. You just literally now, maybe said Maybe I said N-word. you fucking nerd, but I pronounced it like no, no. N-word, but if you said that, he, that he would, he would, he wouldn't say. Well, you that's not offensive. Word. He'd say, what? "I know what you're calling me." You just didn't say it. You just said n word. But I know what that means. So it's just as offensive. It's not. It's not a way around it. Is I it? see. Imagine the sequence of thought where you were actually going to call him. <laughs> legit the n-word and then you sort of like thought in a split second maybe i should just go with the n-word because <laughs> yeah, it's less offensive and then just as you're saying it you're like i don't even want to say the n-word so you have to mask it and you're like you fucking enron and then he's just like what <laughs> i i, I, I you just refer to me as a think bankrupt company <laughs> son of a bitch or like when people say like instead of like the word piss they say PI55 or P, P155 <laughs> or something. About? Yeah, you know, that you know, like, like who's this? Instead of saying pussy, they say PU551. <laughs> Who does that? Man, people do it, okay? Who does that? No well, one has ever done that. that okay. is, but I want to, if you've I done do that, it, okay? let me know. And, and sometimes I think to myself, what am I doing? Why am I being such a PU551? Why don't I just say <laughs> pussy? Because who cares? What the hell are you talking about? Do you do that? So you're you're in the bank or something, waiting around for someone, and and they're like fiddling around, and they're like, oh, you know, I don't want to do that investment, Johnny. Yeah. And you're like, (laughs) stop being a PU55 wife. Stop being a PU55 wife. Eat my SH1T and go F yourself. I'm busy. Fill in a form. N I G G forty (laughs) four. What? What? (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, no, I think I think I think I think it's valid though. I think that if you're intending to swear, you might as well just swear. Okay, like you're not teaching anyone like anything decent by masking your swearing with like stupid. Fucking riddles. So, uh, you and know shit what I like think? That. The, the thing is, I find myself swearing sometimes, and I think that in a, in a way, it's lazy and ignorant of me to just use swear words uh, when yeah. I could use a more colourful way of putting something. You know, some re- really put someone down with with some cutting remark, like referring to them as a nine year old Lebanese boy. Like that's that's more cutting than just calling someone a dickhead. You know what I mean? The like, dangerous yeah. thing with that is that you have to be. You have to have wit to do that, you know. Uh, you're right. Right. And if I'm you fucked. don't, you end up I just looking fucked. really pretentious and uh, stupid. No, but some people do it really well, you know, like those old, like, Victorian, like, foppish dandy yeah. sort of, like, uh, you know, Oscar Wilde like was a, a battle, good example battle of, of wits yeah. sort of thing. Those can be quite funny, like, if, if they're done properly. But, yeah, Oscar somebody... Wilde, though, I imagine he spent, like, two weeks writing them and then had a little <laughs> notebook. And then whenever he needed to insult someone, he'd have to get the notebook out, flick through it, and then read out his... <laughs> Wise crack remark. I feel a little bit like Oscar Wilde's wise cracker remarks are almost a little bit like the time, the ones you think up after the moments passed. Right. You're like, oh, do you know what I should have said to that guy when he did this thing? I should have said this. Yeah. Oh, like, yeah, yeah. I'll write that down and then I'll tell him what I did say. That's like a that's a bit of a trope, isn't it? In um in comedies and stuff like the you know like that's like a George Costanza yeah, thing, right? It is. He'd go off and he'd think about it and then he would try to come back. Oh yeah. Years and, later, and segue in the line and, and, yeah. and segue into it, and then it look just looked like a total idiot because it like the moments. So long. Past what was that when he did in that relevant. meeting? The garbage store called, and they were all out of you. Something like that was his big, yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly that. Yeah, no, I like that. I mean, when I think when I was younger, 
I used to do that. Like if so, like if somebody said something, I'd go away and think about it and be like, fuck, it would have been great if I actually said this. And then I like built up a bit of an arsenal of those like over the years, but I never used them. Yeah. Like it's it's just one of those things that you think is going to be really funny, but you never get the situation again where you can use I th- it sort I of thing. I think the only way to handle that, if, if, if you're letting something that someone said bother you that much, you're going away and stewing about it and thinking, oh shit, here's what I should have said. Yeah. Just console yourself with the fact that what you came up with was clever and be content with that. Yeah. And just think, well, at least I came up with something funny that I could have said. It doesn't matter if I like, say it to him. It's like not going to change that person. It's not going to change the situation. And what if you'd come up with this brilliant cutting remark on the spot and then they'd immediately turned it around and shot you down even harder? You'd feel even worse. Just be happy it's over. It's like Lewis will have a good day today. You know, he'll have his lunch. Everything will go well. He'll do like some work and stuff. And he'll have some... He'll have some interactions with people and it'll go well and he'll be walking home and he'll stop and he'll smell a flower and stuff. And then he'll hear a shuffling behind him and he'll turn around and he'll see a small Lebanese child staring at him. And it's going to trigger him to fuck and he's going to go crazy. So it's going crazy is one of these things, right? And it's sort of related to what you guys were talking about. But do you sort of sometimes when you go a bit stir crazy and get like when I used to ride the bus to school, I was so bored that. I would come up with these sort of scenarios for what happened if there was like an emergency or whatever. Yeah, sure. So like, I do all that. You know, what would happen if the bus crashed or whatever, or or like there was, or it was held up by hostages. You know, there's like guns, guns all shooting. Where, where held which, up by hostages. And I'm, like, mm. I'm just like looking at that big bus window, thinking, how do I break through that window? Can I do it? Or would I just duck down behind the seat? You know, do you ever come up with those? Yeah, sort all, of the yeah, yeah, all the time. Yeah, all the time. Do you know when I do that the most? I do that the most on planes. Like, yes. If I'm sitting on a plane, I'm just sitting there, and I'm like, fuck, what if like the wing fell off right now? Yeah. Like, how would I react? What would I do? Like, how would that look? I'd look out the window and the fucking wing would tear off. And then, like, would I just black out and die? Or, like, would I black out, the plane would crash in the ocean, and then I would, like, survive somehow and come about and be underwater and then maybe die and stuff? And, like, oh, And then God. be on a desert island. I mean, I like how you... No, your, no, your I, don't plan, even, I don't even, like, get that far. Your like. plan went pretty far, though, there. I mean, and it sort of skipped all of the key elements. What, like, like, you were what, suddenly though? outside the plane and what? I mean, like... <laughs> Yeah, well, because I blacked out. Because when you lose the wing, the G and the G's, no, right? No, but that's not what you do for an emergency plan. You have to. You don't think, okay, if the wing fell off, I would immediately black out. I'm being realistic. I'd probably black out at that point. I don't think you black out. I feel straight like away. I would. You'd be panicked. The adrenaline kicking. You'd be like, what am I going to do? You yeah, need to get and to that the would, door. That would totally give me either a heart attack or a blackout. I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> how much? How often do you? Plan for emergencies based on being around a blackout. <laughs> I, I, I factor a blackout into most emergency situations, actually. So I feel like it's just too much. I feel like there's, some of this stuff is so crazy. I feel like we need to know this, though, because if there's like a fire alarm going yeah. off, you know. So, okay, so you've been flagged. You're not allowed to sit in an emergency exit anymore. How? We were listening to your podcast, and uh, frankly, we're not impressed. We heard that your emergency response. Is the blackout? <laughs> You're a blackout, or so. Uh... <laughs> oh shit! Oh, All right, man. Here's, here's the plan. We go in through the back of the bank. We're in there. We get into the vault. We blast our way in. There may be some security guards. Sips, you're gonna black out. We all know that. <laughs> That's fine. No problem, we'll, we'll boss. Pick you up on I'm the way out. In, in fact, I'm about to black. <laughs> <laughs> all right, get it. Put him in the bag. It's fine. Just thinking about it. Well, it is. It is a thing that happens, isn't it? To certain animals, those goats when they get uh, scared yeah. and they go rigid and yeah. then they just fall over and that's, but that's like a survival thing right it's so that like if something hits them they survive like they tense up sort of thing like it's like when they're about to get hit by a car no their hearts have something wrong yeah and that's apparently the complete opposite though right the complete opposite is if you tense up before you're about to get hit by a car or tense up before you're about to fall on the ground it does a lot more damage than if you're loose and relaxed if you're floppy and loose and unconscious and relaxed or you've blacked out you're much more likely to survive. Yeah. If if you if you fall from very high, yeah, will you splatter? Uh, depends what part of you hits the ground and how. How, how I'm hard not sure are you, you can, falling? Yeah, I mean, pretty pretty high. Let's say like maybe like twelve stories. Yeah, well, the, yeah, that's high enough to reach terminal velocity, probably. So that I that think, is. I think you gain for every ten damage. meters you fall, you gain. I think is it ten miles an hour? I could be wrong. All right, I I, I present this to you then, guys. You fall off a 12-story building, okay? 
you're you're a roofer, right? And you fall off. Okay, do you black out halfway down? I don't know. Hmm. I don't. I know. feel like you do. I feel like you'd have a heart attack. Well, I'm pretty before sure you, you wouldn't black out. The blacking out is a real psychological stressful Be- thing. Bear and, and in mind, you don't I, I really. Think, have would you do the dark forces scream on the way down? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like all God the way down. Damn it. You're not like a lady in waiting from, you know, Victorian Britain or whatever. No, you're but a, the thing you're is, you're not gonna just faint and go woozy at the sight of a. You no, know. I'm not saying that, but I'm thinking like maybe it's it's a way for me to cope because if I'm ever in a situation where my life is threatened like that, I think I'd want a blackout. Really? So, that, like, so there's no yeah, way. So you have no chance of escaping. I wouldn't want the like the last split second of me, like as a person being alive, just like hearing like all my bones shatter in my body as I hit the ground. But if you're falling that fast, first of all, you, you fall a lot quicker than you think. Like it doesn't take long to fall off a, a twelve-story building. Like it's it's very yeah. fast, right? People fall very quickly. I don't think you'd have time to register the fact that you'd just gone splat. Like that's it. It's just sort of over. I don't. I wouldn't worry about it honestly. Like I think. But no. then when your when your soul leaves your your dead body's asshole and flies <laughs> up to heaven, then what? I love how you have this concrete plan in mind. It's very reassuring, isn't it, to have a world where you know that you know if anything bad happens, you're going to black out. Yeah, and as well, soon as that's you're what dead, I'm hoping. Your soul's going to come that's out of I'm your hoping. asshole. Is there some way that you can train yourself to be more prone to blacking out? Um, yeah, I guess wear you could a corset sort of... that's way too tight and have people say <laughs> shocking and importune things around you. <laughs> okay, cool. I'll, I'll start doing yeah. that. I mean, I'm not talking about just passing out like some sort of PU55Y. I'm talking about having a full-blown <laughs> manly blackout like in the face of danger. That's awful. Like, There's no no action hero's big thing is blacking out at the worst time. Like it's like Arnie busts in there to bust out John Connor and and all of a sudden he goes, wait a minute, John Connor, I just got to have sleepy time. It just blacks out he's for a, a He's a robot. Of course he's not going to black out. Right. Jeez, I'm a, talking about people. Right, but if it's, a, if it's a good idea, you could program the robot to just shut down for a second. Maybe John Connor could have blacked out. He'd be like, fuck, is that ro- uh, robot? Uh, just blacked out. <laughs> Brilliant. I'd I mean, love a movie where the hero did just black out. Just in the worst it'd moment. It'd be great. It'd be really good. Didn't Deadpool black out at one point? Yeah. But under duress. Well, there you go. I don't know. It feels like it should be a defense mechanism against some things. Like, but then again, you're always told different shit, right? You're always told, you know, with a bear, you know, you you don't run away from it, but with a some other thing, you do. You stand your ground. What's which one is which? Well, apparently, you have to be appear taller than the bear, which is impossible because <laughs> bears are fucking tall. There, so. It depends on the bear. Some bears you want to play dead. Other bears, like I've heard, I've heard that people have had success by charging the bear and appearing aggressive. And the bear is like, whoa, maybe this guy knows something I don't. And they'll sort of back off. Yeah. Other times they'll just turn and just eat you. Remember that movie, The Edge with Anthony Hopkins and Alec Baldwin? Yes. They stabbed a bear with a spear. Mm-hmm. That's a way of doing it. Apparently they hate air horns as well. So if you always have an air horn on <laughs> you or... If- a flare gun, too, yeah. is a very good one. Yeah. Or a fucking assault rifle. You, you have to shoot the bear with the flare, though. Like, don't shoot it up in the air. Like, hit him in the face. Shoot with the it. bear with the run. flare. Don't shoot it shoot in the, the air. <laughs> Remember, kids, if you're out in the wilderness, shoot the bear with the flare. Don't shoot it in the air. Be safe out there. <laughs> Brilliant. It's like it's like like the Smoky Bear from 2016. <laughs> Yo, it's Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch. Let's get bear safe, kids. Bear oh, safe. Shit. So, but the rules are all different for gorillas and lions and bulls and everything's it's weird. I never I never quite know. So basically, I'm if I get presented with a situation where a wild animal fucking attacks me, which is fairly unlikely, I see. Yeah. I think I may actually black out from the stress of trying to remember what I'm supposed to <laughs> fucking do in that situation. Well, there's a lot of things that you need to have in mind at the time. That's the thing. Like, uh, animal attacks are complicated. And not even big animals. Like, what do you do if a squirrel's attacking you? Kick like, the fuck you're fucking out of sh- No, you are shitting yourself no, because not. they kick are the so unpredictable. No. What if it's like clawing at your eyes you and stuff? Are you fucking are you going to kick I'm yourself in the face about, trying to kick it? I'm about ready to fucking black out if there's a fucking spider on my hands. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I like fling that thing like, geez, it's spooky. Like a squirrel attacking me. 
No way. What are fuck you talking about? You just, just grab it Squirrels, and man. dash its you. brains out. What the fuck? You would not. You can't. They're yeah, so you can. fast. Don't They're agile. Don't be a PU55Y, five, five Sips. It's a squirrel, man. <laughs> Look it. Okay, I'm not saying I wouldn't fight it. I would try my best, but I'm saying I would lose. The danger okay? of a squirrel is it's going to go nimble. It's gonna go straight for your nuts as well, P-Flex. You've got to be fucking <laughs> well, terrified. Well, joke's on him. I buried them under no, a tree. No, honestly... They, they have, they're part of the rodent family, so they have a really strong bite and sharp teeth, and they have sharp claws, and they can carry rabies, and they are fast and nimble, full of agility. There's no way you're bashing a squirrel's brains in, Flax. I'm sorry. Give me There's a no f- way. Uh, you're never going to get your hands around that thing. They're something. slippery snakes. Uh, are you James Herbert, author of The Rats, the 1970s book where London was overrun by a plague of rats? You found about Exactly as you describe. And they were biting people. And people were like, oh, I've been bitten by the rat. Oh, and they just collapsed in a sort of hopeless British way. Because nobody has any guns. Nobody thinks to get a fucking hammer and just smash All the right. rats. Well, you 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 tell me. You, you do a trip report, okay? Okay. You right. go out in the wilderness and you try to fucking bow and arrow a squirrel right. or shoot one even, and you tell me how that goes. I've shot goes. a squirrel with an air rifle. I've shot many squirrels with many air rifles. Killed them, were they, killed were, them dead. And were, were they frenzied at the time? Were they attacking <laughs> they were you? were not frenzied. <laughs> right, okay. Because they were, they were actually <laughs> Try and shoot a squirrel that's fucking with an air rifle. When it's like suction to your face like the alien thing... And it's you're clawing your eyes out and it's biting, not... it's biting you in all your pressure points. Are you going to shoot it? Is this some kind of kung fu squirrel? Like that... That's how squirrels roll, man. I'm just saying. When they get mad and they want to get you, this is they're going to get you. This is a podcast message for all the squirrels out there who think they can fucking beat Flax in a fight. Bring it on, bitches. Okay, I'm fucking ready. I'll take you on. I'll take ten of you on at a time, squirrels. I'll see you down in Phoenix next week. And I'm going to put this to bed. Oh, yeah. Because I'm the cream of the crop. I love the wrestling. <laughs> I imagined you yelling that out of your back door on the yeah. step with your slippers on, holding a cricket bat in one hand, yelling at the trees like a crazy Fuck. old man. Squirrels, come to me! I summon you! Do battle! Oh, we shall do battle geez. this day! <laughs> Squirrels, man, there's no way. Like, it's there's no way, I'm sorry. Like, we, we joke and stuff, but they're, they're a fucking menace, oh, and Jesus. they'll get you every time. So I just remembered that my dad... Always used to, and this is a thing that I, I guess it must be from another time. When I was growing up, my dad always used to keep a cricket bat by by his side of the bed mm, yeah, in case yeah. of, I guess, home invasion mm. or squirrel attack or something. Yeah. So maybe, Man, maybe well, okay. Again, sorry, sorry to interrupt you. Go ahead. You're sleeping. Okay. <laughs> you you hear you hear some noise downstairs. You're you're fucking a hundred percent positive somebody's broken into your house. Do you black out? <laughs> I just get back, get back to sleep. Well, I mean, we are. You are already asleep, basically. <laughs> just, just get your wife. Oh, go check, please. <laughs> Here's the cricket bat. Good luck. <laughs> okay, sorry. No, on. I'm just thinking, like, you know, it's it's. So, but I guess I hadn't really thought about that. Sometimes stuff comes to you, though, right? When you when you sort of talk around stuff, and you're like, yeah. I never really asked about that. I never really wondered why that was. And I guess it's because you know that's just maybe people do. I've got a story for you like about about being too curious and <laughs> regretting it after. Are you ready? Yeah. Okay. Sounds sexy. We went to my friend Mike's house one time. Okay. Mike had a younger brother, a portly chap. I say portly. He was really enormous. Okay. okay. He's, a, he's a big kid. Really big. Like ate way too many ding-dongs and Twinkies <laughs> and stuff and just had a, had a problem. Okay. Yeah. And this guy, when he went to the bathroom, okay, he was in there for a long time, mm. and the smell that came out of there after he was done was not nice. Right, okay? right. So we're at Mike's house. And you're a vegetarian, so you know what. Well, bad, yeah, but bad yeah, you know, like. you know, it's bad when you're a kid and you find that kind of stuff kind of funny. And like, I was repulsed as a kid right. by this. Okay, so it was pretty bad. So we're at Mike's house one time. We're just like, you know, playing Nintendo and doing kid stuff or whatever. And um, I went to the bathroom. He had like a basement bathroom. His basement was finished and stuff, you know, had a bathroom down there. Yeah, it's like stuff. a basement sink. Yeah, yeah. It's We've like, been through uh, this, no, yeah. it didn't. The sink's always like in the sort of utility part of the finished basement. Bro, There's always bro. an unfinished part of the basement that that sink is in, in North America. And then you have like the nice finished part, which is like a second living room. And then you have, you know, a bathroom down there, whatever. Was this so, some sort of bomb shelter you're describing? No, now? no, no. This is, this is a, a very typical setup in North America for houses with basements. It was a doomsday shelter in case yeah. the squirrels no, invaded it, it, it you know you say that but a lot of people do buy stuff in bulk 
in America as well. True. And in yeah, their basement, yeah. they'll have lots of shelves with like big industrial size yeah, yeah. vats of ketchup and stuff. That's a pretty typical thing too. Okay. Anyway, so I go to the bathroom, okay? And I, 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 I do my thing. You know, it's just a normal bathroom, all the normal stuff you'd expect, except there's a screwdriver on top of the toilet. And, you know, normally I'd just be like, whatever, you know, it's probably there because, they, you know, it's broken. Maybe the toilet's broken. Oh, Maybe somebody was in the middle of fixing oh, it. God. They left the screwdriver there, whatever. And I'm just like thinking, ah, who cares, you know? And then curiosity got the best of me, okay? I get out. I see Mike. I'm like, Mike, why is there a fucking screwdriver on your toilet? And like, I didn't even think too hard about yeah. it. You know, I didn't look into it or, or whatever. It was just and a throwaway like, question. Yeah. yeah, it's just a throwaway question. And you were not expecting. I was not expecting this response. He's like, did you touch it? It's like, no. Why would I touch a screwdriver? He's like, don't touch that screwdriver. Why? And then all of a sudden, I'm like, whoa, what's going on here? He's like, well, you know my brother, and you know like his problems with shitting and oh stuff. Oh, my God. Yeah? He's like, well, sometimes his shits are so big, he has to chop them up with a <laughs> screwdriver to flush them down. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, there it is. And I'm like, Mike... And then I blacked out. And I don't remember the rest. Man, it was it, it was one of those times where it was like, why why did I even? I didn't. I, I should have left it alone. Sometimes I should have just left There's it. Been these moments in life where you ask this question, it's throw away. You don't even think what you're doing, and someone thinks you're asking something serious, and they go. And they, 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 they sort of, they, 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 their eyes glaze over like, should I tell him? And you, at that moment, you sort of realize, oh God, what if I, I've, you're, or you, you're not even sure what you've done. And then they tell you something like, you know, your, your mother was actually from Lebanon and you were, you know, you weren't actually <laughs> born here. You were a war refugee. And you're like, but, whoa, whoa, whoa. All I asked was like, you know, what, whether, whether, why I like falafel so much. Just like, <laughs> why do I have this propensity to eat falafel all the time? I just don't get it. I just, it doesn't make sense to me. But then you're in a plane, right? You're, you're, you're flying. The wing snaps off. You never questioned it before. And just before you're about to black out, you're like, you have an epiphany. And you're like, shit, that's what the screwdriver was for. It was for chopping up big shits. Yep. Then you black out but and you die. So, so are you thinking like in the same sense though, you're thinking like, um, is that when you put together these things in your head and it's like the emergence, it's, it's like in a, in a spy movie or whatever where yeah. he, he suddenly everything comes together and he, all those little bits of snippets you've seen from early in the film, all like, you know, it's almost like snapshots of them. It's like, yeah, I saw a guy with a dog and the dog had a pouch around his neck and that pouch... Had 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 gas leaking from it, you know. It's like, yeah. do you know what I mean? It all it all comes oh, together. But, oh, yeah, yeah. Maybe it's like the like maybe maybe it's like uh, the effect of adrenaline or whatever makes you a really good problem solver no, in a split it, second. You know what? I would have, I would love it if Sips later on, just he's lying in bed, he's doing like the Sherlock Mind Palace thing. And he's thinking, <laughs> big fat guy hopes interview, giant poop hopes interview, and then the screwdriver's there, and he's like, oh, I've got it. I would love to see Sherlock investigate Mike's house <laughs> yeah. and then come across the screwdriver and do like typical detective stuff, like touch it and then and maybe lick it, you know, because they <laughs> do they sometimes. Do. Like, like, what, like, is there a substance on here? Let me lick it. Tastes taste a bit like shit. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, when you were telling that story, I was like, I was thinking the worst. I was like, oh, Oh my god! Does he does he put it up his ass? Yeah. Like I, was, I didn't <laughs> know what I didn't know what like where this was going. And yeah. when he finally told me, I was like, "Oh, that actually really does make sense." And uh, I didn't, I couldn't figure that out. Yeah, it was like a, it was, it was like a, like a, you know, a flathead screwdriver too. It wasn't like a Phillips, so like you know, better for chopping. Yeah, which I thought was like you know pretty clever for a kid to Smart. pick that one. You know, yeah, Jesus. But, so I mean, yeah. In the case, I mean, do you guys ever plan for? Disaster, you know, like an emergency. Yeah, yeah, all the time. Like a home invasion. So, what's your hope? Do you do you think? Do you ever? Because there's the classic thing of like it's the horror movie thing of oh, there's someone invading my home. You know, what would I do? Would I go and grab this knife and would I go to the door? Have you or have you ever grabbed a knife and gone I to have, the door? Yeah, and, many what? times, many times. Have you? Yeah. I mean, really? Yeah. Like uh, many, many times. Really? I mean, I, I yeah, I've got kids. That, well, uh, you live in London, I yeah. guess. So. I mean, uh, a yeah, that. B, like London, if you look at a map of the likelihood of being burgled, most of the work, most of the country is like green, right? As in really low chance. The whole of London is like yellow at least. So you're pretty much odds on that you're going to get broken into at some point if you live in London. Have you ever actually been broken uh, into? I haven't. The thing oh, is, okay. I, I changed my tack, right? So my tack used to be that, you know, when I was a teenager, certainly and when I was, I don't know, just different when I was younger, I, I think... There were a couple of times when I was alone in the house and the doorbell would ring 
And I'd be like, oh, who's this? And it would be like oh, some, not to the some spooky door. looking guy. No, no, no. The... And so I'd like get a knife out of the out of the kitchen drawer and be like, oh, if he comes in, I'll get him, <laughs> you know, or whatever. Um, I don't think that, that that's does, a good tactic. Yeah, now also, that my tactic creepy. is very different. Okay, my tactic now is basically just slam the door open to anyone who comes knocking around for anything, regardless of what I'm wearing at the time. I get a knock on the door of my flat. I had this happen recently. And I was just wearing like a pair of pants, that's all. And I was just like, bam! And I opened it, I was like, hey, what's up? And I was, I was, I was only wearing a pair <laughs> that's, of that's underpants. That's a good tactic. Yeah. And they were just like shocked. They were like, whoa, whoa, uh, does this person live here? And I'm like, nope. And then I closed the door in their face. That's good. You know what? I'd go one further. Like I come from the um, overconfidence. I, I come from the Eddie Murphy school of uh, of thought on this one, and I I feel like. If you're presented with a situation where somebody's being aggressive or crazy, you just have to be more crazy than them yeah. for them to back off. Right. So if I heard somebody breaking into my house, I wouldn't like go get a knife or anything like that. You know what I would do? The first thing I would do, I would take all of my clothes off. I would poo in my hand <laughs> and then I would spread it on my body. And then I would stand downstairs in the dark, all wide eyed and wait for them to like notice me or turn a light on. And then when they turn the light on, I'd be. You've arrived. <laughs> <laughs> and then they would I'd scare them away. I'd just get uh, Mike's poopy screwdriver is what I'd wade in with. Oh, what, poopy screwdriver. Yeah. If you stabbed somebody with that, do you think they would be corrupted or like some <laughs> fell? Because of fell. What, what the screwdrivers were used for, you know, it's got like germs on it. You you would like stab them. They'd be like, oh shit, I've been stabbed. I run away. And then like five days later, they would die yeah, yeah. because they would be infected with like, you know, a shit screwdriver sort of thing. Mm-hmm. It's like a damage over time effect. <laughs> <laughs> well, you say that, but I think that when you look, when you look at how gross a screwdriver is right when you look at how that's been used to chop up poop in the toilet it's it's probably like because they were they were talking about the amount of like poop bacteria and stuff on everyday things and apparently mobile phones yeah, yeah. and mice and keyboard are the worst yeah. they are yeah, the yeah. most disgusting yeah. because you know everyone uses their phone on the toilet they they just they don't you know that they, they it's not like they wash their phone ever yeah you know properly they maybe wipe it down with like underpants yeah. or whatever but apparently the phones iPods don't use other people don't touch them don't use them they are super super gross gotcha. most my... of them are locked and passworded anyway so you can't use them like that is most true. people don't want you on their stuff on their stuff no the they don't place. no absolutely like, they've got a lot of personal things on there they don't want you to look at their browsing history for and this, sure this was another emergency home invasion situation right so. It's a classic thing of, um, I saw it on, on South Park, um, actually, this week, one of the new episodes, but uh, I won't spoil it. Basically, there's this, this bit where, you know, he goes through the process of cleaning out his browser history. He goes through this, this whole process of, oh, shit, I need to clear everything, all of my browsing history. I need to destroy the computer <laughs> and throw it in the river. Like, do you have that kind of, do you have that mindset? Do you ever think like, oh, my God, what if the police come and say, oh, we found out that you pirated these these movies like a year ago, or you pirated this Game of Thrones, like, and, and you're like, oh, what? Well, uh, <laughs> quick, delete everything, like, burn it. Like, do you have that emergency desire? No, because you know what, you know what would happen though. Like, they're not after you, really. They want to get the big guy. They want to get the guy who's serving the stuff up in the first place. No, but it's so, like, ta- it's like, so it's like for you, the mafia on tax evasion, those sips. You know, they're thinking, oh, this sips, he's a he's a filth bag. You, you know, know, you you pirated an illegal copy of of Forest Hump and Shaving Ryan's <laughs> Privates, and the guys that are coming to your house to to to, to bust you for these things are like, yeah, you know what, you're in trouble. But if you tell us where you got it from and you can, like, give us some information on the guy that served you, Forrest Hump and Shaving Ryan's Privates, um, you know, we'll be lenient on you. You know, because you don't want to go to jail for that. If somebody finds out you're in jail for that, you're dead, pretty much. Like, they're not, what, for you know, you're, you're going to get jugged. You're going to get jugged every day. <laughs> jugged because you you got to be, you, you have to be in jail for, like, a good reason, okay? And, like, just for what some PU5 shit like that. <laughs> The other prisoners would be like, yeah. you wouldn't steal a car like I did. Why are you stealing a movie? Huh? You wouldn't steal a policeman's hat and then take a shit in it. All right, boys. Jug them. Jug them. Bits of jugging. Oh, man. So Civ Six, uh, we've been playing a lot of it. Mm. It's great. Yeah. Really enjoyed I'm it. I'm still playing a lot of WoW, too. Did uh, did some raids. Did I like enjoy it. raiding? Yeah, I do, actually. It's fun. Uh, Mythic Plus is great, too, man. I think you'd actually really like it. I'm sad that you... I've got my 
Scott, I managed to get, I, well, I went to EGX and um, I was like presented with this situation of having to, like, uh, uh, before EGX, I was like, do you want to do all of these? I, I don't know, like, this, this, I read this really long article by, um, I think, Richard Garfield, I think his name is, who oh, yeah. made Magic the Gathering, is that his name? The only Garfield I know is the one that loves lasagna. <laughs> Richard Garfield, yeah. So he, right. he designed Magic the Gathering back in the day and he wrote this really interesting article, which I read online about, Skin aware, it's called, where basically it talks about what he calls skin aware is is a lot of these freemium games that are uncapped and their whole business model relies on exploiting the sort of one to two percent of their player base who are what they call whales, like in the poker terminology, you know, right, these right. people who who end up losing or spending way, way, way more than they can afford. Um, and these people are not wealthy when you look at the people who end up spending tens of thousands of pounds on iOS games. It's people who are who don't have that kind of money, um, and so and, and these games are very addictive. They're very ex- exploitative. It's quite. I think it's the way he, he wrote a really interesting article about it. You can Google it if you want. But it really sort of was 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 very much about how we end up getting having to pay a lot for a game, uh, and so he, he he draws attention to some of the games like League of Legends and Hearthstone, which are which are very addictive, and and you do have to pay a couple of hundred pounds to be competitive. In these games, I mean, you can get all the cards eventually. Anyway, to be fair, League of Legends, you don't. It's all. Cosmetic. I started to find that some of the things in WoW were getting their hooks into me in a way that I was uncomfortable with. With things like you have to do these quests before they time out. You have to do these things to get this thing. You know, you have to keep logging in every day to check for the new things, so you don't miss out on getting something that could be really good. I, I felt like. I felt like it was exploitative, and I, I I was frustrated by it. So I thought, I'm I'm done. Mm. I'm not going to play a game I consider to be exploiting my psychological personality traits. Yeah. So there you go. Unhappy with that. <laughs> so yeah, I, I'm I'm I enjoyed WoW. I had a good time going through the story, but I'm not going to play it anymore. And um, hey, do you want me to lighten the mood? Yeah, I do. Yeah, go ahead. I, sorry, there's like a serious. Suddenly, I no, suddenly no, felt like fine. going into a serious segment. Are you ready? Are we in for? Are, are we you ready? in for part part tress? Part tress. Are you ready? Oh yes. Get ready. Yeah. Get comfortable. Hang okay. on. Hold up. Yep, Let me yep, just move yep. the mic down a bit. I'm going to recline a little. Okay. Yeah. Okay. This time, I'm not going to try to think about other shows while you do. <laughs> I'm going to actually listen and pay okay. attention. Okay. Go. It, it's uh, th- this is this is reasonably long compared to previous. It's two pages. Oh man. Okay. Great. Holy shit. Man, you're getting into this. Lewis, like, is, Lewis has got some stiff Let me competition. Just sit comfortably. All right. You ready? I'm stiff right now though. Yeah. Oh, me too. Bodega part tres or tray. I don't know how you tres. say it. Bodega peered once more through the quadnoculars. Five hours he'd been watching the pulsar sex pit and the only thing suspicious was that he couldn't find anything wrong. This wasn't right. The pit was a legendary hangout for every lad, slinger and roid runner in the galaxy. Most of what could loosely be termed his compadres used this very spot to reminisce, catch up, and do business. This time it was different. It was Herc Burke's Burke Day, a very special day for the Burkean people when they celebrated the day they were born. Bodega wondered why, in his experience, humans never celebrated this occasion, but he didn't give a flying crump for it himself. <laughs> Flarvin, he muttered, firing up the tear cycle and zipping down to the pit. He couldn't pass up the chance to see everybody, even if it did feel suspiciously innocent. Too innocent. Like, way too innocent. 100% chance shit was going down here for that very reason. Guaranteed. 100%. Parking up, he ran a quick mental sit rep. Last gun, cocked and loaded, naturally. <laughs> Jetpack, ready to rock. Scram boots, pumped to the max. Grabby grabby, spring wound tighter <laughs> than a Spaloopian's love pouch. <laughs> grabby grabby! <laughs> Hang on a second. Just read that sentence again. <laughs> Go through this adventure again. One of the comments I did read, people, right, actually, right. was that, that you need to, like, take it a little bit more I, I slowly so it, we I can digest. Because it. it's complicated. When you're reading, like, a sci-fi... Do you know what? It's so hard to, ki- to pay so attention to, to the up. gobbledygook and the actual <laughs> okay, okay. story. <laughs> okay. Uh, it's not gobbledygook. It's law. It's law. Okay. Laz gun, cocked and ready, naturally. Jetpack, ready to rock. Scram boots, pumped to the max. Grabby grabby, spring wound tighter than a Spaloopian's love pouch. Love Shro- it. <laughs> Shrovian knuckle duster, eager to do business with some chump's speak hole. There were, there were more tricks up his sleeve, but Bodega was reluctant to even think about them till the time came in case some sneaky empath was trying to get the drop on him. He took a deep breath and banged on the quintanium door. off, said a voice from the other side. Bodega, said Bodega. A moment passed, <laughs> then the door sprang open. 
Bodega. Bodega. It sounds like the guy in Star Wars, the guy that works at Jabba's Palace. Yes. Ah, Bodega. The one and Yeah. And a gigantic Vicarg was in the frame, grinning like a woodle hound. Sweet groggle. Bodega, he boomed. Come on in, pard. Not seen you for a while. Heh. Been busy. Where's the Burke Day Burke? Down in the pit. And I mean, in the pit, said the Vicarg, grinning even more. If his grin extended any further, he was in danger of losing an ear. Bodega headed down the dank corridor into the lobby, then descended a ramp towards the deafening sound of the pulsar sex pit in full flow. Music with so much bass, it was causing the planet's orbit to decay. Booze so strong, the toilets had to be reinforced with giga shields. And women so betitted, Bodega had to wear... <laughs> Bodega had to wear a quad... quad betitted. Jesus! <laughs> Fuck! Had, uh, Fuck Bodega me. had to wear betitted. a, a quantanium jockstrap to prevent any inconvenience. Oh my god. No man wants to fight with a bone on <laughs> or at least not one that ain't squared away combat style it's a, it's a bone on an alien race no, a, a, a boner. he headed straight for the bar and ordered a pint of mutant ale no sooner had no sooner had he started talking than bodega screamed the man over the music which the dj promptly stopped silence in the pit all eyes on bodega pushing through the crowd a huge burkean approached bodega been a while not seen you since Maybe two weeks ago. Been working. Came back to wish you a happy birthday, Herc Burke. Well, 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 Bodega, back in the pit, said Herc Burke, grinning. People sure were smiling a lot, thought Bodega. Too much. Too, too much smiling. Ain't no call for all this grinning and smiling. It ain't usual. We were hoping you'd come back. Me, Squiddles, Rhombus, Treg, and, uh, you remember this guy, right? A huge man in a yellow jumpsuit stepped forward. Black skull mask and billowing red cape. Bodega couldn't see his face behind the mask, but he knew he'd be smiling like the rest of these humfunkers. Flav, it was a setup. The man in yellow, it was none other than Tan Blatchman, Bodega's arch nemesis. <laughs> oh my god. Not Tan Shit Blatchman. Shit was about to get oh, extremely real in this place, and many, many people were about to be separated from the body parts they held most dear. Bodega intended to get out of this in one piece, and if that meant the end of the Pulsar sex pit and everybody in it, or even within sight of it, so be it. Bodega knew three things had to happen with the next second or he'd be toast. First, he had to distract every single person in here who was currently pointing a gun at him. The pit was full, so that was maybe 200 people. No problem. He stamped down on the button in the heel of his right boot and waves of patented Happy Thoughts brain musher poured out of the toe and blasted everybody within 50 meters. Half of them would end up on the floor drooling. The other half would become deeply acquainted with the inside of their own eyelids and spend the next year singing a song about a little flea named Peter. Second, he needed to nail the people unaffected by the brain musher, which was anyone with half an idea about Bodega and what he was capable of, since they would have taken a dose of brain shield. <laughs> that meant the five morons who'd set this whole thing up. Last gun holstered and no time to draw it, he needed subplans to point two named B, C, and D. Plan B was to employ the Grabby Grabby and Herkberg's nuts, which he did to good effect. The Grabby Grabby shot out of Bodega's left sleeve and clapped on like a grog limpet, sending Herkberg to his knees, eyes wide and mouth small. Plan C, Squittles, Rhombus and Treg all fell to the void grenade Bodega had hidden in a molar tooth and spat into the middle of them, congealing their bodies instantly into one homogenous lump. Finally, Plan D, deal with Blatchman. No doubt he'd got something disgusting up his sleeve, that cape-wearing, jumpsuit-adorned pendejo shitbird. Bodega figured one thing he wasn't ready for was an old-fashioned punch in the kisser. Scram boots propelling him across the room, he connected with Blatchman's jaw with all the fury of a man invited to a birthday party only to be betrayed. Wait, and was the grabby grab still attached? No, no, it just shoots out. Okay. And, and thirdly, the entire bar on its ass, one way or another, Bodega did the decent thing and left. Laz gun out. He seared a hole in the ceiling and jetpacked gracefully to a height of 200 meters before hovering, setting wide-angle beam on the Laz gun and raising the entire plate and everyone in it to the ground. Farve, he said, pausing for a heartbeat. My tear cycle was parked there. The end. Oh my god. Shit, so he killed everyone, but he wrecked his bike. Yeah, forgot about his bike. Oh, that was a oh, fantastic... Shit. See, the grabby grab, I, I, I assumed that it was like 
attached, attached to something. To you don't want to be you don't want to be left there with a grabby grab. No, but I thought it was like one of those you know those like kid robot arm things with the trigger that like makes it pinch sort I, of thing. I'm but it was like sure, attached to his pants or something. I'm pretty sure that he could, if needed, fire it out with like a line attached. If he actually had to pull something to him. Oh right, and then the line just breaks off. Yeah, sort of thing. but he can. Yeah. He, I mean, it's bodega. You know, he's got a million tricks up his sleeve. One That's of them is true, yeah. the deployable grabby grabby that just clamps onto some guy's nuts. It's pretty nice. It was a magnificent tale. So, so did it turn out that they were just were they were they, were they not? I thought there would be something like I thought they were going to be doing the surprise birthday f- herp day for him. And it was no, his no, birthday. it wasn't his birthday. Wasn't he's even not a, it was, there wasn't even a twist. No, it's just no an ambush. Twist. It's a straight and up double cross. Yeah, Man, if there everyone. was a soundtrack to this, like if it ever becomes a movie, it, we have to get like spaghetti western <laughs> style music in there. Oh, you know it, like for sure. Someone, somebody uh, sent me uh, on Twitter. Really? Someone sent me a sting that we could use for the Bodega okay. stories. Oh, nice. On Does it fit? It's amazing. Fuck. It's I'm thinking amazing. Star 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 Wars kind of themed. Vibes though, that's what I'm getting out of this a lot. It's, it's a I feel like dark, if we animated this and had it narrated, and then just had somebody like do the voice of Bodega, and all Bodega ever says is Bodega, <laughs> that would be pretty funny too. Bodega, Bodega, Bodega. Yeah, that was great. Yeah. I think part three has been my favorite so far. I love oh, cool. a big. I, I I like a big multi sort of takedown scenario oh, yeah. where there's like I mean, four Bodega's or five dudes. Bodega's going to get out of that. You know, yeah. you know he, he's pretty, he's pretty easy. Yeah. But what's going to happen in part four, I, you know what? I don't want to jinx it and I don't want to like wreck it, but I'd like to see Bodega struggle with something well, at some I, I've point. I've already written part four. Okay, great. And, okay. Uh, Is there a struggle well, we'll do involved? That, do that next week. Kind of, yeah. Listen, you can't be like a that. fan and like request stuff. You know, you have, it's periods an artist. You can't <laughs> let, you know, you can't just go in there, Sips, and say, oh, you know, do you know what I'd like? I'd like it if my Superman fought uh, with Iron Man and Batman. Can we make that happen? You can't <laughs> just say that. You got, you know, he's got dignity and and artistic well, credibility. Let me tell you something. There is what? a Bodega fanfic subreddit. Okay. I'm not even kidding. Some wow. some guy, someone set one up, and I'm get all I get sent now on Twitter is drawings of Bodega, fiction that people have written set in the Bodega universe. One Man, guy, this wrote, is exactly like Orange Is the New Black when Susan writes that fucking <laughs> <laughs> that steamy romance. Perhaps not stuff. as culturally relevant, but yeah, yeah. I, I mean, and the, oh, what's that? What's that steamy romance called? Claudio Heat. What was it called? Claudio Heat. Oh. Yeah, no, what was it? Um, it was Heat. Was it like um, Bodega Nights? Tallahassee, Tallahassee Heat or something. Yeah, Sunset. Bodega Nights. <laughs> Bodega Nights. This Bodega guy, this sunset. guy wrote an aftermath to part one, part uno. So it was like what happened in the bar after Bodega had gone, which was quite good. And one, he didn't kill one of the guys, and the guy that uh, he didn't kill tortured. Uh, Floop the barman to find out where Bodega went, and that kind of sets Man, up. Imagine, imagine it was called Bodega Heat, and Heat was an acronym. <laughs> yeah. But then the the words for for the for the Heat acronym were just like the gobbledygook words, like <laughs> Bodega Heat H dot E dot A dot T Harflarg Earflurg yeah oh that'd be good holy shit yeah that was amazing anyway let's end on a high shall we wow well next week we'll be back hopefully with another episode of bodega another uh load of fluff for the best part of 45 minutes and maybe some serious serious topic interested to hear Mm. your thoughts on all this i hope you don't eat while uh, you listen to these because i notice a couple of people saying why do i always sit down and eat before i listen to this don't just don't do it yeah. we're always going to talk about shit at some point yeah I, that's my favorite yeah, topic so. different all right well look thank you everyone see you next time cheers bye bye <laughs>